You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Getting Swamped. This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist. And on this episode, we'll discuss a little bit more of recruiting news that's been out there and some of the odds that the odds makers have out there for this Florida Gators football team this year. And we'll hear from a man who ventured from Gainesville to L.A. and now to the NYC, New York City, <laughs> former tight end at the University of Florida, Clifford Taylor IV, will join me and discuss his big career move and his thoughts on the new coaching regime and some other news and happenings with this Florida football team. But first off, we're going to talk about some recruiting news on the forefront here, and I guess I'll kick it off with the big news that broke this week, and that is five-star number one quarterback in the class and number one prospect in the 2023 cycle. Arch Manning came out and announced that he would be giving Florida a visit along with LSU. Now, this is after most sites having Georgia, Alabama, and Texas in the mix. Now we're adding Florida and LSU to that mix as Arch Manning will be visiting them at some point from this cycle. And he had this to say about Florida. And he quotes, I've had a few conversations with Florida. I've heard a lot of good things about Coach Napier, so I might want to go check and see what they're all about. He was then asked about his decision-making process and his timetable, and he quotes, It's kind of getting closer. I don't really have a point yet, but I guess it's kind of narrowing down and looking forward to making a decision either before the season or during the season or after the season. If I was ready, I'd commit right now. So I'm just waiting. So before, during, or after, not really any clue that helps us or gives us a certain timetable there, but just so you know, guys, it's going to be before, during, or after the season. So basically he could commit at any time is what I'm trying to, I guess, get the notion of here, but Florida does have a visit coming in the future. So good news there for all you folks who are Arch Manning fans. But right now, all the crystal balls and predictions around most sites have Arch leaning Texas and Georgia coming in second in his recruitment. But it's still early in the process, and and nearly anything could happen, folks. I mean, but it's, it's just good to see that the staff and Billy Napier are somewhat in it for this recruitment, for this big-time five-star prospect. The last time Florida recruited and signed a quarterback of a five-star level like that, you'd have to go all the way back to 2011's recruitment of Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> that was the last overall five-star quarterback prospect Florida had signed. So it's been over 10 years almost. Granted, they've signed some top 100 quarterbacks and some top 200 quarterbacks, but nothing the caliber of Arch Manning or Jeff Driscoll there as far as recruiting rankings go. And personally, I'm not really high on Arch Manning, but we, we've talked about this in Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. If you're not a member, I strongly suggest you join because we have a blast in there. And, and even if you're not high on Arch Manning, think about the offensive prospects who would follow him if he were to sign to any class. That would be pretty crazy. You, you remember the recruitment of Tim Tebow, right? You heard Brandon Spikes come out and a bunch of other guys, many elite prospects. They said, they personally signed with Florida because Tim Tebow was coming to Florida. And most receivers, tight ends, especially those guys at an offensive skill level, want to see who's throwing the ball to them. So only great things could come from signing a highly ranked five-star quarterback like that. So now, if we don't land Arch Manning, will we still be able to pull some elite offensive talent? I'm sure we can with this staff, but think about it. If we don't get Arch Manning, if Anthony Richardson has a stellar or even good year and decides to stay, that could also sway the minds of some talent wanting to come to Florida as well. So it's not all gloom and doom if we don't land Arch Manning, but having a number one quarterback in your class definitely helps. So we'll see what happens in the months to come here with Arch Manning, but you got to land a quarterback this cycle, regardless of whether it's in the portal or high school, but definitely need to land a quarterback overall and a good elite quarterback. Now, I did say if Anthony Richardson has a stellar year and he stays, but if he's having a stellar year as in going to a national championship, all that other kind of stuff, he's probably going to go to the NFL. I mean, there's probably no NIL deal that could make him stay another year if he was that good. I mean, compare millions and millions of dollars guaranteed to just an NIL deal to stay at a University of Florida. It doesn't matter what university that you're at. You're going to go to the NFL if you know you're going to make that kind of money. So definitely you need to land a quarterback this cycle. Um, you know, we got Jack Miller, and I understand we do. If he improves, that's great, but you really need an experienced quarterback in here or a highly ranked quarterback 
like an Arch Manning or somebody like this to uh, to kind of bolster this class, get some good quarterback depth in here because, like I said, last cycle, Billy Napier didn't really have much time, had to get what he could get, and he got a transfer that really hasn't played it down yet either. So if you can get in an elite quarterback and, and, and tell them, hey, instant playing time, get them convinced to come to Florida, that'll be great. But we'll see what happens in that recruitment for Arch Manning. But that's not all the recruiting news on the forefront here. Bryce Lovett will commit on Monday, May the 16th, and he'll be choosing between Louisville, Iowa State, Missouri, Florida. And Florida seems to have the edge in Bryce's commitment thus far, and if you go to most sites, they do have him crystal balled or predicted to be a Gator. He stands six foot five, 330 pounds, another big-bodied offensive lineman that Rob Sale and staff are trying to add to this year's offensive line class, who's already you know had a recent commit in Isaiah Harris from IMG Academy in the fold. So Bryce has his commitment time set on Monday at 11.50 in the morning Eastern, and he'll be posting the commitment live on his Instagram, which is underscore official underscore Bryce there on Instagram. And if you need more help with that, you can just go on Google and type in Bryce Lovett Instagram and it'll pop right on up there for you. So tune in at 11.50 in the morning as Bryce hopefully picks up the only one hat instead of like two or three and five and picks the University in Florida. And if, if he does it, it'll be the fifth commitment of this class. And as I said, another big bodied offensive lineman to add to this class, which it'll be a great addition for the offensive line, especially with the woes and recruiting that Florida's faced over the years. You know, I mean, we all know waking up on Monday morning, is it's brutal, dude. It's completely brutal. But hopefully we can wake up and get to work and start off the week with another huge commitment for the Florida Gators. And when I say huge, 330 pounds plus huge. And speaking of Monday, May the 16th, Billy Napier will stop by Atlanta, Georgia, close to where I live, for his Billy Napier speaking tour. Uh, the Billy Napier Gator Gathering is what it's called. I'll be attending that event, and I'll keep you all updated on my official Twitter, at Getting Swamp, with what Billy Napier has to say in that conference. And barring any guidelines, I'll see if I can get any audio or video for you folks as well, maybe before or after the event. I can't do it during the event because it's a paid seminar, and they don't want anybody recording or anything else like that, but... I'll see what I could do, and at the same time, I'll be posting quotes from that conference and keeping you all updated with what Billy Napier has to say. So follow me there on Twitter at Getting Swamped if you want to keep up with the latest updates from that. Segwaying from that, Florida got a little higher praise from Bet Online this week, man. If you go to Bet Online, they officially released their odds on who will win the SEC this year, and Florida surprisingly comes in here with the fourth best odds to win the SEC at thirty-three to one, tied. With Ole Miss, Alabama has the biggest chance to win the SEC. Shocker, no big surprise there. At one to one odds, Georgia comes in second at five to four. Texas A&M at eleven to one. Kentucky at forty to one. Tennessee also at forty to one, and LSU at fifty to one. You can see the rest of the odds at Bet Online if you go to their website. But really surprising odds to win the SEC, considering a new coaching staff, transfers coming in and out. You know, guys going to the NFL, but you know, some unexpected praise there for Florida. And hopefully they can maybe shock the world this season. And maybe, just maybe, I won't have to travel that far for a game and we can come see them in Atlanta at the end of the season. You know, always convenient for somebody like me, especially since Atlanta is about 20 to 25 miles away. And hopefully with the new staff in place and the way recruiting is going, we can make that trip here to Atlanta every year more often. <laughs> Would be nice, man. Would be nice, but here's some SEC nuggets for you folks. Over the past 20 seasons, Florida's had six total SEC championship appearances and has lost four, 67% of those games, and won two, 33%. The last time Florida would win the SEC championship was back in 2008, 13 years ago. Man, guy. Got to get that record better, man. Uh, but I guess you could be like Georgia and have 10 appearances and only win three. But still, it's way more appearances than what Florida's had over the course of 20 years. So hopefully we can get that monkey off our back in the SEC and get back to that Gator standard here shortly with Billy Napier and staff. And, and just to throw this one out here, folks, and I don't mean to make everyone sick here, Alabama, over the past 20 years, has had nine SEC championship appearances and has won eight the only SEC championship and the last SEC championship they would lose would also be to Florida in 2008. So if that gives you any indication of how Alabama landed on that map, that would be it. Think about it. Go back to that 2009 SEC championship game. After Alabama won that game and then won the national championship, 
they turned into a dominant force after that. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that could have been us. But we'll just stop right there. So, as I said, we got to get back to that Gator standard, but can't change the past. Got to move forward, and hopefully we will get back there soon with the potential that we all know Anthony Richardson has at quarterback and the potential Billy Napier has shown as a head coach to make teams successful. And speaking of that, Barrett Saleh of CBS Sports posted an article on May the 9th, which is actually my brother's birthday. So shout out to Tommy Soderquist there with the ultimate Gator man cave, if you've seen the videos floating around from when I visit over there. But uh, Saleh released an article entitled, Why Florida's Billy Napier has the edge over LSU's Brian Kelly for instant success in the SEC, his debut season. And he goes on to further quote, Napier landed in one of the most desirable spots in the country. Certainly from an offensive perspective, multi-dimensional quarterback Anthony Richardson showed flashes of brilliance last season under former coach Dan Mullen. The redshirt sophomore threw for 474 yards, rushed for 374 yards, and eight touchdowns in six games as Emory Jones' backup. Despite his relative inexperience, the Gainesville native has landed in the first round of many 2023 NFL mock drafts, including CBS Sports Draft analyst Chris Trapperzo's most recent edition. The running back room runs four deep with Naquan Wright likely leading the way at the start of fall camp. Lorenzo Lingard and Demarcus Bowman are highly regarded within the system and got plenty of reps in Wright's absence this spring. And Louisiana Lafayette transfer Montrell Johnson is well-versed on what Napier demands from his running backs after rushing for 838 yards and 12 touchdowns for the Raging Cajuns last year. All four excel in a variety of different areas, which should allow Napier to get ultra-creative with how he gets them involved in the game plan each week. You can read the rest of the article on CBS Sports, but some high praise from Barrett Saleh here. And look, if you look at Napier's recruiting and coaching prowess, he turned Lafayette into a powerhouse there in the Sun Belt. And as you've seen, especially in recruiting, it's had an uptick. Billy's hired great staff members to go with it. Mix that in with the talent Richardson has, if healthy, that's a good formula to have, especially heading into the SEC. Georgia losing all those guys to the NFL. Now, don't get me wrong, Georgia reloads, no shocker there. But can the development of the coaching staff take them to further limits than what it did with the last staff? Only time will tell. Alabama will also be very hard, very dominating this year. So if if you take it to that SEC championship, you better stay healthy and be ready because I don't think anybody is beating Alabama in the West, but that's my take. But I I really think what's going to hold Florida back is just their schedule. I mean, you got Utah here, then you got Tennessee at Tennessee, you got LSU like you have every year. Luckily, that's in Gainesville. That's going to be a hot game, too. That game's probably going to sell out. You obviously got Georgia and Jacksonville every year, but then right after Georgia, you got Texas A&M at College Station. Once again, I don't know how many times we got to go to College Station and and A&M can't come to Florida, but that's how it works out. And you, you end the schedule pretty easy, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Florida State. I don't see Georgia losing more than one game, whether it's an SEC game or not. So if we lay an egg to Georgia, I mean, that's that's it pretty much. I mean, they might lose an SEC game, but they're going to have the head-to-head over us and go to the SEC championship. And we've just got a hard slate of, of opponents. But you know what? We are at the University of Florida. We will play the hard teams. We're not afraid of them. We're in, we, we don't recruit number one, number two, number three like Georgia and are afraid to play hard teams every year and just give the easy cake schedule all the way to the SEC championship, but that's just us. Okay, let, let me stop talking smack about Georgia and segue to an official Gator Collective event coming up here on May the 21st, FanFest 2022. It will be at Holloway Touchdown Terrace at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Tickets are $40 for Gator Collective members and $50 for non-collective members and kids under 12 get in for $20 but a huge event brought to you by the Gator Collective get to meet the players music games take photos on Florida field great food Snell's relationship ribs tons of events going on that day and Gator Collective is bringing 50 children from the Gainesville Boys and Girls Club to FanFest as well so just a special shout out to the folks setting up that event and all the staff and players attending the event as well so make sure you check it out if you can You'll be missing out if you don't. And speaking of players, I caught up with a former player here at the University of Florida, Clifford Taylor IV, and we will catch up with him and what's been going on in his life as of late on the second part of Getting Swamped coming up. 
Need a sign for your company, your man cave, your live stream, or podcast? Give my guy Brandon White a shout-out at White & Sons Wood Carving. He has the best handcrafted signs nationally, all custom fit for your needs. With state-of-the-art paint and epoxy, you can have that glow of your sign, too, with some custom LEDs as a package as well. Give him a shout-out on Twitter, at WS Wood Carving. You can also follow him on Twitch and check out his Facebook page at White & Sons Wood Carving. Top-of-the-line signs made from scratch. College programs must be competitive in name, image, and likeness. It impacts current athletes and affects the decisions of recruits. And Gator fans can put Florida at the forefront of NIL. The Gator Collective is leading the charge, uniting fans and student-athletes like never before. Commit for exclusive content, interactions, and events which bring you closer than ever to your favorite players. Also, by joining the Gator Collective, you're empowering these student-athletes to build relationships and develop skills that go far beyond just making money. You're providing an avenue for these Gators to excel in life. NIL will change the landscape of college sports if we can't be left behind. Gator Nation, do your part by joining the Gator Collective today at www.thegatorcollective.com. You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast with your host, David Soderquist. Your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. All right, folks, joining me here on Getting Swamped, a man that went from L.A. to the NYC, Clifford Taylor IV. Clifford, uh, you know, last time I had you on, uh, we spoke to you on the Gator Country podcast. Uh, we had a different head coach at the time as well, and, and you were in L.A. So from Gainesville to L.A. to the NFL, now to the NYC to the NBA, you're kind of like uh, Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide here. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what's been going on with you, man. How's your career change been and how's life? It's uh, it's been a whirlwind, man, to say the least. Um, yeah, so I was, you know, I was in LA for a little under a year, and I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like you can't make it up. You go to LA your first yeah. year working in sports in general, and your team wins a Super Bowl. Yeah. So that was that was crazy uh, in itself. Uh, part of, I mean, I think part of that experience I learned. I really learned that LA isn't for everyone, uh-huh. and you know me. I, I I've never really been super into the whole glamour, like because you know me, like you know, you give me an all black fit and a cap, I'm good. Yeah. So yeah, LA, LA was LA was just a lot, just a whole bunch of stuff going on, and it just honestly got to a point where it's like. It's a great it's, it's a great experience, like away from the Rams. I mean, I did stuff for. For damn NASCAR, the LA Kings, like it was, it was really cool from a personal standpoint. But I just kind of saw too much writing on the wall, and I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself staying here uh, for the long run. And plus, being two thousand, plus being you know two thousand miles from home, you know, you can only get you know so many of those five hour flights home. It gets stressful after a little while. So I was like, eh, I don't, I don't really. I don't really see it. And so chugged up the deuces to the Rams, um, you know, made the whole announcement or whatever. And, man, I got to say, like, not even, like, 20 minutes after after I said I was leaving, the NBA hit me up. Little backstory to that. So I spoke to them a little bit last year, but I was still in school, and they were looking for someone to work, like, that day. And I obviously couldn't do it because I was still in school. So, Pretty much up to that point, we had, we had just stayed in touch here and there. And like I said, like not even 20 minutes, they were the first ones to, to say anything. And so that was so that was obviously a no-brainer. And so I, I don't even yeah, – I'll, I'll say it was an interview. But they kind of snuck in the responsibilities of the role because they kind of knew. Like we both knew it was mutual. Like I'm not going to say no to the NBA. And so it's it's honestly kind of a full full circle moment. Like I feel like now I kind of gotten, I would say my content sparked back because I'd be I'd be remiss by and say like when I was in LA, I that was the, that was the first time since I started making videos that I wasn't really confident in what I was doing. I was just kind of doing it just to do it, you know. And then yeah. so when I moved when I moved back to the East Coast and when I moved, you know, you know, into my my new space now, it just sort of like. I don't know, this spark just sort of happened and now I kind of got like back in a 
in a rhythm a little bit. Um, you know, last year I started the whole, you know, the Clippers show hashtag and it was like, you know, it was flop, 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 flop. And then it, and then it kind of, then it kind of picked up as time went on. But yeah, I feel like now I'm just in a, in a better, in a better headspace. And, you know, my experience now with the NBA is pretty much, you know, night and day compared to the Rams. But I don't say that in a, in a, in a bashing way. I say that in a way where it's like, had I not learned what I, what I, you know, did for the Rams, it wouldn't be a night and day transition. It, and you know, vice versa. So, so yeah, the like NBA has been great. I mean, the culture's great. I mean, everyone just, you know, it's just a whole like big family. Everyone, you know, talks all the time. So, yeah. So that's that's where I'm at now. So now I'm in New York. Got a little bit of a beer now. So yeah, you know, I see that. I see that. You've yeah, been uh, uh, a year older. So you know, things are good. Getting a little bit more manscape on the on the face there. You know, <laughs> Try, trying to man, trying to. Yeah, we got one bigger than me. I, I can barely grow one. So <laughs> good. Good luck for you there, man. Um, speaking of that, I mean, that's kind of a blessing, though. I mean, you you literally, you know, you make your decision about L.A. And, and so mm-hmm. not even 20 minutes later, you get contacted. For, and you know you're really good at what you do when you can quit a job and then you're contacted 10 to 20 minutes later by somebody else saying, hey, we got something for you. <laughs> so, yeah, see, I didn't see that. That was when I realized that, like, damn, I am pretty good. Because I thought, like, I, I would never say it out loud. Like, when I was with the Rams, I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the, the thing over here. I did everything that I said I was going to do. I got there, told them, I said, well, get, when I get there, the Rams are going to get a million followers on TikTok. It happened on Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, it was just like so many things were just so aligned. And it was just like. That's crazy. All right. And so, yeah, so honestly, like, when that happened, I was like, damn. I was like. I guess I guess I am pretty good at this this, this media thing. So, so I mean, I, I still I still live by the three things all the time. I say like hope, faith, and a lot of luck, and that and that couldn't be further from the truth, man. Because I'm sure there's plenty of other people that have been you know looking for this NBA job like I have, have been looking for the Rams job like I have, and so like I said, hope, faith, and luck, man. It's it's really you know God God took his time, so. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy for you, man. That's like a dream job for you, especially. And I'm glad you mentioned, like, you know, you, you didn't feel like you were good at what you did, but then you were contacted by the NBA. And it was funny that you said that because uh, when I was po- first started podcasting, I, fr- I first started this, I didn't think I was any good either. I was like, eh, nobody listens to this, or maybe a couple people do. When I had stopped for a little bit to, to kind of – make my next move like I was messaged by so many people said hey where'd you go we were listening to this I said I didn't even know all these people were listening (laughs) so it's really cool that you said that because that that, I mean when you get outside folks especially like uh, I guess in your case the NBA but say in my case like just you know maybe some average people that may listen to a podcast or something like that you get that feedback and it makes you feel a lot better it gives you more confidence in what you're doing so I mean it's like I said when you're really good at something that you do you're going to know because people are going to yeah. respond, when, especially like if, if in your case, you were available on the market again. In my case, it was just I took a break and then I got some responses from a numerous amount of responses and DMs. And I was like, oh, wow, maybe I need to keep doing this. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's really cool to hear, man. Um, You know, you were obviously you were at L.A. You were at the Super Bowl there. Uh, that was a good experience there, and especially you being on the winning side of that. T- tell me what that was like, man. That had to have been crazy. It, so it was cool because I was like where I was working that day. I was on the Bengals side. Yeah, and, I, and it was, you know, people want to talk about Ford. Like it was fifty fifty. Nah, it was like it was like sixty forty. Not even close. Like who they nation they they rolled deep at that yeah. game. I was in a sea of orange. And it was kind. Of, it was kind of cool because you kind of saw like a little bit of orange and a little bit of blue. I mean, the colors blue and yellow, but it's kind of like. Hmm. All right. But yeah, no, they, they, they came, they came deep. And so this, this, this is when, this is when I knew the Rams were going to win. And this is like, this is really the first time when the goosebumps started kicking in. So, so as they, as they were walking out to, to run out, they started playing set it off by Lil Boozy. And that's one of my – that is, like, one of my favorite rap songs. Like, honestly, there have been so many times where I'm about to leave, like, the gym, and it comes on, and I just go back. I got to go back. You know, I got to finish the song. So, yeah. 
But yeah, like that song just it just it just does something something to me. So when they played that, I was like, oh yeah, these these guys are gonna win. And so what what was really frustrating about the Super Bowl was that they had this one they had this one guy. Uh, he was I think it was with Cam Jordan, and he kept talking about like all of these like scenarios. It's like when this happens, the other team wins. When you know the visiting team is leading in the fourth quarter. Quarter, ninety-five percent of the time, they. I'm like, yo, man. I'm like, relax. Like, I can't. I can't even enjoy the game. Probably because you talk about these like scenarios. I'm like, dude. It's like, I like ease up. So, so man, we worked the Super Bowl, and I, I think one of the coolest moments was because um, it didn't. It didn't really feel like it until like about a minute left, and so I'm looking, and and then it's like first down, twenty yards to Jamar. First down again, 15 yards to, I think, T. And I'm like, damn, they already at the 50. And so, stop them three times. I'm like, oh, snap, it's fourth down. And they only got one more timeout left. So, if they don't get it, it's over. So, I I, I didn't even look at Joe. I was looking straight at Jalen and, and, and Jamar. Because Jamar had beaten them earlier in the game. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so, Jamar beat him. But Joe didn't have enough time. So, I was confused. I'm like, why has why hasn't he thrown the ball yet? I'm like, oh, he got set, and I never forget. So one of my coworkers, uh, uh, Patty, she she's now the bilingual social coordinator for the Rams, and so I was like, we won, and she couldn't believe it. She's like, like she couldn't believe it, and so it's like she started crying, and I and I hugged I hugged her like Kobe hugged Shaq when they won their first ring. I was like, we won, we won, and so it was just it was just so crazy, and just the thought of like just working and just sort of being a part of a Super Bowl winning team. Like not many people on this planet can say that. And so it, I mean, what more can you say? How crazy was it, man, back in the locker room? I bet you there was probably a lot of champagne. I I, I wouldn't know. But <laughs> if I had an idea, but if I had an idea, I, I would, I would imagine it was insane. The Super Bowl party afterwards, man, <laughs> it was lit. It was pretty lit, wasn't it? Man, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I bet on the Rams because I wanted the Rams to win anyway, so I bet on them. And somebody, I didn't, I saw Joe Burrow get sacked, but I never saw like the big field of view. Somebody had posted like the field of view part, and I was like, oh, oh my, I was so close to losing. <laughs> I was so close to losing so much money. Thank God for a defensive line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank God for Aaron Donald. People don't realize how much that that like having a good offensive line and having good like linemen helps a lot, especially a quarterback. I mean, you can be a great quarterback, but if you don't have an offensive line, it don't matter. Right. <laughs> so, right. anyway, I mean, segueing from that, man. Um, obviously, you're in the NBA. I, I'm not a huge NBA guy, but what NBA have you got to meet any of these NBA players? Some of the guys that uh, on the sidelines or anything like that. No, um, haven't ha- haven't met anyone yet. I've just been sort of kind of like working behind the scenes, just doing like the media stuff, content publishing. It's crazy now because like it's crazy how a lot of these kids they they figure out like, oh, you're the guy posting NBA TikToks now. You're the guy posting Snapchats now, and people don't realize it's not just me. It's like a sea of us. It's like I want to say four to five people publishing. You know, so. The schedule is 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 perfect because you'll you'll work four days and then next thing you know you'll be like three days off and it's like man this is, this is perfect that's so, a great schedule uh, yeah the the coordination and just the communication is 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 a whole a whole lot better and you know they took me under their wing and it was it was actually very easy to pick up I thought it was going to be like something like very difficult something that was just far more different than the NFL but it's honestly like a lot easier and a lot smoother sometimes I'm thinking I'm like. Well, no wonder y'all are like the most followed league. Like y'all have a system, y'all have a, a way of getting things out. Because in the NFL, they have these like weird rules on some platforms where you, you can't post, you know, any game action. And I'm like, y'all shooting yourselves in the foot. That's like an easy million views right there every single Sunday. Yeah, but like y'all are missing out on that. So I don't know. I don't know who you know manages that part of the league. But I was like, yeah, no wonder the NBA is you know, is superior compared to everyone else. Granted, they have a couple, you know, years ahead of some of these sports leagues and as far as being on social media, but still it's like you would at least expect someone to even be a close second, but there's not really a close second. And it's just like, okay, well, I go from, I say, you know, I, I go from the best to the best. So, you know, it's, 
I mean, you can't make it up. <laughs> That's crazy, man. A dream job and you work four days a week and have three days off. What kind of job is that, man? I I need to sign not, up, not, man. not every week. Just like, just like there, there's been a couple times where that's happened, but oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's, no, it's been, it's been great. I guess it depends on what's going on and what the schedule is, I guess, for basketball. And I, I mean, I, I worked at a job a while back that was kind of like that, but if we were like really busy, we, we didn't get the three days, we would get like one or two, but I mean, it just, it, it's just a dream job, man. I, I'm happy for you. And, and obviously, you know, we talked about the whole WWE thing and, you know, them <laughs> sending you a tryout. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of upset, man. There's no Clifford Taylor twist of fate for me in, in, in the future. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there was a few, there was a few reasons why I didn't do it. Um, one they they let, they let Jeff go, Jeff Hardy go. Yeah. And that, that, that was my favorite. Him I know that's your guy. The Hardy Boys, though. So, yeah, like, I, I was about to wear their shirt to this podcast, but it was dirty, so I was like, I can't wear it. But, um, but yeah, those are my guys. And then when they got released, I was like, I don't want to work for y'all. I don't want to do this no more. Like, I, there's, no, there's no motivation. And so, and then, lo and behold, uh, a couple weeks later, um, you know, one of my friends from social media, Parker Bordro, or he used to go by Harlan, uh, they released him. And I was like, are you supposed to be like they were they were promoting you like crazy why would they delete why would they you know cut you and so it was just a whole bunch of things and it was just like it just the more I thought about it I was like do I really do I really want to do this or do I want to just do this for the sake of you know just being like oh I'm a WWE superstar and you I mean it, it really it really make, like makes you think like if I was like a little 12 year old I would have been like dad I, I want to do this it's my passion it's my life Biggest lie I probably would have ever said. So I, I really had to do some like soul search, and I'm like, do I want to leave what I'm doing now? Things that I actually enjoy for something that could potentially get me hurt, make me, you know, you know, crippled for life possibly. So you you never know. So I was just like, I'll be a fan. I'll be a <laughs> And that's a good thing that you did that too, because you hear a lot of those like professional wrestlers, they come out and they say a lot of these guys join just, uh, you know, oh, say I'm a wrestler and all just that. Join, and, right. and, and you did the right thing there because some of the guys that, that do join, and, and yeah, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever watched the Tough Enough specials that they used mm-hmm. to have back yeah, in the day. TV, right? Like they're like, don't waste our time. So yeah. you did the right thing there. But uh, yeah, and I'm just upset, man. I was looking for like a Clifford Taylor Stone Cold Stunner or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, I, I, I would have been a spear type of guy, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is Ty, Titus O'Neil still there though, right? Yeah, yeah so he's, um, he's what we like, I think he's like an ambassador for them now. Yeah. He's like one of their, their ambassadors. Like The last time I saw him in a match, I think was like a couple years back. Yeah. But I think I think he's just sort of like their global ambassador, and he's, you know, he's just he's he's a great human being, great guy. So when I spoke I spoke to him about the WWE a couple times, and you know, he was just telling me he was telling me the god honest truth, and so I you know I always appreciate that. And plus, you know, having those getter ties, you know, it helps too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like he's you know he's he's a really cool guy. He he, he has. He has energy unlike anyone else. I mean, I'm sure you saw a spring game where he was like just so energetic, and I'm like, damn, like I wish I kind of, I kind of had that badge in me. But you know, I'm I'm one of those like two like laid back type of guys. I mean, I might not seem that way sometimes like on Twitter, but I mean, I'm 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 as laid back as they come. Yeah, that's why you know that's why I like having you on, man. I think I've talked to you about three or four times on a podcast. I was like, man, I got to get Clifford back on. Got to catch up with him, and you know, you you have so many things going on in your career. And uh, I was just like, I have to get him back on and see what's going on because, you know, we all knew what happened, but we didn't know any of the details. So it's cool to, like, know how that whole thing transitioned with you, you know, like 20 minutes later in the NBA contact. See, that's really cool, man. And as I said, like, when you're good at something you do, you're going to get contacted by a lot of people. So I'm really proud of you, man. I appreciate that. I, I still, I still, there's still so many people, new people on that Gator, on that Gator staff that I just, I just got to meet. Yeah. I just got to meet them. Like, Every everybody, I've had literally like four or five people tell me you gotta meet. What's her name? Katie. Katie, Katie Turner. Turner. Yeah. Like you gotta meet her, and I'm like, all right, you know, if you know, if I'm there, and you know, they allow a, you know, a little walk on or whatever to walk to walk in and be like, hello, what's up? Hello. So you know, maybe, but um, so you haven't met any of the staff yet. You haven't met Billy Napier. Nobody. Haven't met anyone. Haven't, the, the only people that I know still are Diane and, and DB. That's it. Yeah. 
Dang, that's great. Yeah, you're going to have to come down there and meet. I, 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 I'm going to the Billy Napier seminar tomorrow <laughs> on Monday. It's in Atlanta. So I'm going yeah. to that. I bought a ticket to that. So I'm going to try to see if maybe I can kind of, I don't I, They don't allow audio or video in there during the seminar. Right? Yeah. I'm going to see if maybe I can get in there before or after or something like that and kind of maybe meet Billy Napier or something like that. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah. speaking of that staff, though, I mean, what do you think so far? I know you haven't met them, but like as far as like, I mean, I haven't even met them, too. But you you see what's going on with the players. I've had a, a lot of players on my podcast and they talked about the changes and how much of a genuine, you know, organized guy that Billy Napier is. Uh, what's your general opinion on him? I know you, you know, obviously you were with Dan Mullen and, you know, you graduated, Dan Mullen got let go. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are on just Billy Napier and the staff as a whole, just from seeing it from the outside so far. One question, are they still hiring people? Because it feels like every time I look, there's always like <laughs> someone new. Because I remember, I remember when he first got there, like every time I went on Twitter, director of so-and-so assistant to the director i'm like yeah damn how many people and then like you go on the roster now and it's like over 66 members on staff or something like that and i'm like damn so he's definitely he's definitely building an army um he's definitely got some good pieces i know i know coach raymond the db coach you know he's you know he's you know the the db whisperer if you will and then you got, and then of course you got then of course you got Napier, you know and i feel like from what I've seen and from what I've heard, I heard like a lot of a lot of the guys are buying into what he's doing, which is which is a good thing. Uh, the Gator Collective is going crazy. I mean, it's oh, yeah. it's so wild because like last year, I remember when they first like kind of started and getting things going in the summer. Now it's kind of they become a partner for the actual Gators, and it's like damn. It's like I kind of saw them like from here. Now they kind of like taking off, and so it's it's good to see. It's good to see Napier is on board with a bunch of things, especially like with NIL, and that was another thing. So, um, you know, when the spring game happened and you saw some of the walk-ons, you know, stand out, like Adam, the kicker, and, you know, my guy Keeter, you know, who scored a touchdown, and I started, you know, using uh, the word certified. And so, you know, I, I, I asked him, I said, I was like, yo, I was like, take Data Collective out the picture. I was like, how's, how's NIL, you know, or what was NIL like for y'all the first year? And they kind of told me, they were like, it was pretty much, it was pretty much the same. And I was like, okay. So I've been kind of working with some people, the same guys that worked for, you know, AR-15s merch. I've been talking to them because I've been trying to get some sort of like walk online, not just so more, more of a, of a merch line, but just sort of like a, like a lifestyle, like a union because I want to get these guys, you know, out there because I know they had some guy talk to them about personal branding. I'm sure he did a good job over there, but I just want to make sure that these guys are, you know, are taken care of. And I feel like I'm at a point now where I'm like, I'm about to be two years out from, from UF. And it's like, you know, if you, if you can help these guys, you know, you know, why not do it? And I feel like I've kind of like grown a platform in that way anyway. So it'd be, you know, selfish for me to not help them. So I've been developing a little, um, you know, walk-on merch line for these guys, and hopefully this can help them propel their personal brand, get, you know, companies and markets out there. Uh, I've been talking to some people from the likes of Shop GLD to get them on board for things like that. You know, they've been, they've been feeding me jewelry like like crazy. So just trying to, just trying to like, just do it, but, you know, do it the right way. I'm not trying to interfere with, uh, you know, the director of NIL that they have now. I'm sure he's doing a great job too, but I just want to, you know, I just want to help. I mean, I feel like there's not enough people in this world now that it's like, you know, if you can help them, you know, why not help them? And you know what I mean? Like I, you know, you know, orange and blue, that runs in my blood. So, you know, that's, that's, it's a family thing. So uh, anyway, I like what, I like what Navy is doing. I like their, I like that the players are buying in their, their chemistry seems to be, you know, up there. Uh, my guy, Chief, you know, it's Chief, you know, I call, I call him like my long lost little brother. So, you know, he's going to keep doing this, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. And so a lot of these guys are, yeah, you know, they're handling their business. And so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. And I'm just kind of excited to see it, you know, continue to propel as he, as he stays there. So, you know, I don't think it's any, any issues in Gainesville. Yeah, and, and it's cool. You mentioned Gator Collective, and they've helped not just me, but other guys out there that have podcast getting some of these player interviews. And you get to learn, like, it's funny because every player you interview has a different personality. 
And some of them are more funnier. Some of them are more kind of serious. Some of them, I mean, and some of them are just really young and you, you interview them and they, they're not used to being interviewed. You can tell and you kind of got to open them up a little bit. Um, and you just get to learn like personally what they're like off the field because uh, we only get to see what's on the field. We get to see the football part. We don't get to see the actual person themselves. And Ben Troop does a really good job on his podcast, 84 Reasons for the Gator Collective, too, of kind of, you know, getting to learn how where these guys came from, how they got into football. And I think the, you know, with NIL, with Gator Collective, and now the Gator Guard, you know, them partnering up together, you get to learn more about these guys. And like, as I said, you're not one, it kind of eliminates the the person that gets on Twitter and he gets mad if a player doesn't, you know, make a play or something like that. And so it's like, you get to learn them on a personal level. So maybe if that player doesn't make a play, you're just like, ah, well, he's really not that bad of a guy. I hope the best for him or something like that. Yeah. You get those fans <laughs> out there that are, you know, oh, he's a big, he's just a bad person because he didn't make a play. And I'm like, dude, it's going to happen. Not everybody's going to make a gold standard play every time on on each drive. So, uh, and what's, what I've really learned a lot too is from the, I wish it was a lot sooner that we had this NIL stuff because there's guys that, I've wanted to talk to like Damian Pierce. He, his personality is funny. I love Damian Pierce. I wish I could have interviewed him a while back, but now he, he obviously he went to the NFL and you, you got Carter, you got Elam. What's that like, man? I mean, you played with some of these guys, Carter Pierce, they got drafted. Obviously you're happy for them, but have you had a chance to kind of like text them, talk to them or anything like that? Um, I talked to Zach a couple weeks ago um, before the draft. So, you know, I've just been kind of letting them, you know, kind of letting them do the thing. And I, I was second grass man, you know, hope you do good things. And I think a cool thing about Kair is that I kind of saw this from like when he was a freshman, just like the way that he took care of his body, the way that he like approached certain things. Like I'll never forget. So one time uh, it was my freshman year of camp. And so, you know, camp, I was struggling, you know, I was new to the sport and I was just like, Went to the facility. I figured no no one was going to be there. I was just going to, you know, try to, you know, practice the formations, the concerts, just to kind of get a, a grasp of what was happening. I go in there. Kair is already in there. And it's like it's like 11 o'clock at night. So this was like about two or three hours after we had just finished the long day at camp, and he was still in there. And I was like, he's going to be good. Yeah. He's going to be good. If a, fre- like if a freshman – you know, has that work ethic, has that mindset, because I feel like in this day and age, it's like, you, you turn around, it's like a freshman is gone. Like a freshman is in the portal. So it's like the fact that he stayed the course and the fact that he just, he he never switched up. Like even like whenever I saw him out like in venues and park, never switched up. His personality was, was always the same. He was always consistent. And then when I saw that video where he was talking um, to the um, to the NFL scouts that he's big on self-improvement, I'm like, I, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. And so kind of seeing it go to fruition now, it's like, first of all, those three years went by so fast. And now that he's in the league, it's like, and he's, and he's going to be learning from, you know, a, a stud in Tredavious White. It's like, that. this is literally the perfect scenario for him. So, you know, to see, to see him in that, in that position is great. DP, we all know how we feel about DP. He could have been, he could have been a first rounder, second rounder for all we know. But um, yeah, seven carries. Yeah, I know he, I know he's gonna go crazy in, in Houston. I know Zach Carter gonna go crazy in Cincy. So um, yeah, I'm just I'm just happy for everyone. Yeah, I am too, man. And, and as you said about Damian Pierce, man, it, he deserved well over more than seven carries a game. <laughs> yeah. <ask me>. yeah. <laughs> he got, I won't say he got jipped because it is a team game and, and you had three great backs and, you know, you, I, just, I think if what they should have done, and I'm not a head coach or anything, but what they should have done is if somebody's got the hot hand, keep them in. Keep them in. <laughs> like, right. don't take them out. And, and, right. and I'll reference the Alabama game. Uh, Alabama game was probably the only game that I thought that that whole three running back thing was working because, I mean, they couldn't stop Naquan, Davis, or Pierce. Like, it didn't matter who right. you put in that game. They couldn't stop them. So, um, it, it is good to see. But, like, as I told everybody, I said, Pierce is going to be a steal for anybody. If you go to Pro Football Focus, he's the number one running back at Pro Football Focus. <laughs> like, They're accurate. Every, every time that dude, on, so. he, I think he averaged, like, six yards or seven yards a carry, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, segue for that, man. Uh, do you plan on going to any games, like, this year? Are you going to go to the Utah or anything like that? Definitely going to go to the Utah game. Um, definitely, like, I've already pretty much 
playing that. I'm going to talk to the guys and be like, yo, get, let me get my little pass and get on the little sideline because I know this, the NBA season ain't going to start yet. Nothing really is going to be happening during that time. So I'm like, yeah, I, I got I to gotta go for that game. Yeah. It's going to be rocking, you know, plus my guy Mahmoud is at Utah now, so I'll probably catch up with him a little bit too. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be at that game. I'll probably, I'll probably go to – I'll probably go to the LSU game. I probably will. I'm. I plan to go go to more than one game. You know, last year I went to the Vanderbilt game. That was, you know, obviously a blowout. I was like, damn, I kind of want to go to the FSU game. But just the way work was set up, might be able to this year with a little more freedom. So that'll so that'll be cool. So, so yeah, man, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to try to pull up to that Utah game. For sure. I'll be there. So look for the little short guy right out there. That'll be me <laughs> because I know you're probably like six foot five or something like that. And I'm if you reverse those numbers, that's where I'm at. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and, and obviously, uh, you know, I've, I'm going to go to the Utah game. Uh, it put a dent in my wallet to get a hotel room, by the way, because those hotel room prices, even this early, are expensive. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's about I, uh, I, don't, I don't doubt it. Yeah, so I, I definitely saved up for that one because I've never really been to a big game at Ben Hill Griffin because it was always expensive. And I'm like, oh, I'll go to a, like a lower-end game. It's not going to cost that much. So this time I actually wind up saving up, and I'm like, I got to go to that Utah game. I got to go yeah. to the opening game. So, uh, good. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll run into you down there. Maybe we can uh, we can do a TikTok or something, man. I know you got a good yeah. <laughs> following out there. Uh, yeah. What do you got now, like 100K on TikTok, 200K, something like that? 300, man, and this – uh, it's it's so wild because like this gonna sound so bad, but so if people know me strictly from TikTok, they know me in that I won't say infamous, but infamous number nine or number fourteen jersey. What people don't realize about that, I hate wearing it. I hate wearing it because every time I wear it, it's just a daily reminder. You're a day older, or you're a day further away from UF. Like you, like you're. You're, you're old now. So every time I put it on, it's just like I got a, like a love-hate relationship with it because it's like, okay, I'll do these skits, make it look accurate, make it look authentic. But at the same time, it's like, dude, I'm old. I'm really, really old. And so, so yeah, honestly, man, it's just like – and one, th- one thing I do is a little trick. Anytime I put it on, sometimes I'll put it on and I, I'll have no idea for a skit at the moment, but it'll make me think. Like it'll make me think. It's like, okay, I didn't just put this on for nothing. Like let's 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 make something shape. And honestly, some of my best videos came out of it. So but yeah, like, I got a love hate relationship with it. Um I'm actually talking to some people right now about um about these uh these jerseys I'm trying to get because you know I can't I can't wear I can't wear the gator jersey forever, man. Like it's it's just, that's gonna come a point where it's like okay, you know, hang it up. Like I don't plan I don't plan on doing it you know, until I'm, you know, 25, unless a freaking catastrophic astronomical deal just comes in and I just can't refuse. But yeah, that's something that a lot of people don't know. That's something a lot of people don't know, but, um, you know, end of the day, I'm stuck. Well, you, still you, you always bleed that orange and blue anyway, so it doesn't matter whether you're wearing one or not, you know, it, it's still in your blood. So you're always yeah. going to have it. And no, yeah. no matter how old you get, like I, I turned 38 this year. So like I'm almost 40. <laughs> but yeah. sometimes I'll even some of the things I used to do when I was younger. I'm like, man, that's uh, I'm too old for that. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. So yeah. I get where you're coming from. It's starting to sink in a little bit, but you're still in your 20s. I mean, you still you're very much in your prime right now. So uh, you know, uh, it's good to hear. I mean, I'm I'm glad. Like I said, I'm happy for you with the, the whole NBA thing going on. I'm happy that you know people can get on social media, look at Clifford Taylor, and say, hey, look, I want this guy for my social media presence or what, you know, graphic design, whatever you're going after. It's just really cool to see that a lot of people have noticed your work and you've done a great job. And, and I I just hope the sky's the limit for you, man. Yeah. Honestly, sometimes I'll just sit back and be like, all right, God, when's the joke going to be over? Cause a lot of this stuff seems a little too storied, you you know, a lot of this seems to be working. I'm like, all right, when, when's, when's the joke going to be over? It's cool though, because, and I, and, I, and I try to tell some of the guys this now. It's like when you got when you got guys, especially on Twitter, because, you know, Twitter is unfiltered all the time. Oh, so, man. Yeah, it is. Like, the, the, worst, the worst comments I'll get is, you never played. You never did this. And, you know, and I tell these guys, I'm like, I'm like, if you let a, if you let a nobody, you know, make you think or make you, you know, respond, then nobody wins. 
And so that's that's kind of a play I took out of Shaq's book. And so, uh, honestly, like, when they say it, I don't ignore it. I obviously see it, but it's like, you're right, but look where that got me now. So, right. you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, you know what, I I wouldn't want it any other way because if it wasn't that way, who knows what would have happened. So I think the way – I think things worked, up, worked out in my favor, um, you know, thankfully. And so – yeah, like I said, I'm I'm a I'm a Gator for life. So once you get it, you get it for life. That's right. A lot of those guys out there probably couldn't even get into Florida anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows, man? <laughs> well, at least uh, at least you know how to uh, avoid the trolls there on Twitter because some people just react, <laughs> and, 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 and I've done it. I'll, I'll say that I've reacted a couple times, but I usually just don't. I really don't even care anyway. I just kind of, <laughs> me personally, I'll take a shot or two at like something just like in general, but like I could care less for the responses that are after it. Right. <laughs> I usually right. hit, you know what I usually do is I hit mute conversation and then I just don't have to see the responses at all. There you go. <laughs> all right, man. Nice catching up with you, Clifford, man. If, if you've got anything else to say out there to Gator Nation, I, I always give the floor to every guest that I have on there. If you got something to say, if you don't, you could just say, go Gators. Uh, yeah, as always, man, it's great to be a Florida Gator, you know, Gator for life. So, yeah, it's great to be in Florida Gator. You know? <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. Uh, well, Clifford, thank you for coming on the podcast. And, man, good luck to you, man, in your future. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, man. All right, man. Clifford Taylor, real good buddy of mine. Always fun catching up with him. And I'm just, I'm just so proud of the guy. I mean, you're talking about a guy who had a dream, chased it, worked hard, got his degree, and made the most out of everything. And all the obstacles put in his way, he he busted through them. And he's not even done yet. So, I mean, I always love to hear success stories from anyone. It's always very encouraging. And it drives me to want to be more successful as well. So, for all you folks out there that are maybe struggling in the path to your goals, Keep working, man. Put your head down just like Clifford Taylor and, and, and don't listen to any of the outside negative noise. I mean, shoot, when I began podcasting, I, I didn't even know if I'd be good at it. You know, all you listeners who listen to every week, send me DMs, give me compliments, really does make someone like me, an average guy, feel pretty good. So shout out to all you folks who do listen. Give me feedback, whether it's good criticism or bad. It's always welcome because I do strive to make this whole podcasting thing for you folks as good as it can get. So it's only going to get better because I just dropped a new look to the website. If you go to www.gettingswamp.com, if you haven't checked it out yet, give it a look. I've updated it with some news, article section, podcast, social media section, and I'll be updating it with more things to come. So there's other things I do plan to do to it, but that'll be in the future. So folks, that will do it for this episode of Getting Swamped. And be on the lookout Monday, 1150 in the morning, Eastern time for Bryce Lovett's commitment. And stay tuned. Billy Napier will stop by Atlanta for a speaking engagement, and I'll be posting further updates on my Twitter, at Getting Swamped, and I'll be posting updates on the site as well from what Billy Napier had to say Monday on the Billy Napier speaking tour. But folks, that will do it for this episode of Getting Swamped, your latest in football, statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swamped.